0: Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Evan Cernofsky, who covers the criminal justice system for the Chronicle out of the Hall of Justice. We're taking an early look at the San Francisco District Attorney's race, which isn't on the ballot until November, but has already attracted five serious candidates, major endorsements, and a lot of money. We'll talk to Evan right after this. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Evan Cernofsky.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So how long have you worked out of the Chronicle Bureau at the Hall of Justice?
1: I've uh, been there for a little over a year now, and our bureau is on the third floor Uh in an old room surrounded by clippings from the 1940s, 50s, and (laughs) 60s, and huge stacks of newspapers that gives the building a real... Sense of nostalgia and history.
0: (laughs) Nostalgia is a nice way to put it. The Hall of Justice is notoriously disgusting. Have you had any bad encounters working there?
1: Well, I don't drink the water out of the fountains because it's got a funky taste. Uh And you can see the remnants of past uh, sewage leaks and other things in in the ceiling tiles. I've seen the yellow stained ceiling. Yes.
0: Yeah. Fun. Well, hopefully you'll get a new office one day. So we're here today to talk about the district attorney's race, Um, and I know you're going to be following that closely for the Chronicle. So, so far it is really the race in November. The mayor is technically up for re-election, but nobody has jumped in to challenge her yet. So would you say it's fair to say that most of city insiders are looking at this as the big issue on the November ballot?
1: Definitely. This is what people are going to be paying attention to. It's an off-year election. It's a municipal election. So of all the issues, this is going to be the key thing to follow.
0: Right, and it really falls in line with the um, nationwide drive for more progressive district attorneys to be elected. I think many of them are being backed by George Soros.
1: Yeah, it's true. Up until last week when uh, Chase Boudin entered, we really didn't necessarily see um, as, as many progressives or... You know, so-called admitted progressives in the race, George Gascon, had been the 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 one who was set up to fulfill that role with mm-hmm. a handful of other more moderate candidates stepping in with uh, tougher on crime messages, particularly surrounding auto burglaries mm-hmm. and um, drugs in the Tenderloin, things like that. But now that um, Gascon is out and Chase Boudin is in, I think we're going to see a discussion in a lot of these debates revolving a lot more around uh, restorative justice, around tackling mass incarceration, around recidivism, around criminal justice reform in general.
0: Right. So the reason that we have such a hotly contested race with so many people getting in so early is because George Gascon a few months ago bowed out of running for re-election, which is really unusual. I understand there hasn't been a race with no incumbent um, since 1909 for district attorney. Is that right? <laughs>
1: That's right. And I actually <laughs> wrote it down here on my notes. Uh, it's the first open race for district attorney since 1909 when Charles Fickert defeated <laughs> Francis Haney after William Langdon didn't seek re-election. And, of course, we've seen a couple instances where there's been district atoy- attorneys appointed right. the position, um, Gascon being one. Mm-hmm. But then they successfully uh, ran for re-election following that appointment. So this is the first time there's a completely open field in 110 years in San Francisco.
0: Shocking that none of those names from 1909 were women. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike (laughs) now. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) So George Gascon first came to San Francisco under Mayor Gavin Newsom, who appointed him as police chief. And then when um, Kamala Harris uh, was elected to... Um, attorney General for California, he moved George Gascon over to become district attorney, despite Gascon never having prosecuted a case. Right. <laughs> so it was a pretty big jump for a longtime police chief to go to district attorney. Um, and he said a few months ago he would not be seeking reelection. Um The stated reason was because he needs to care for his ailing 90-something um, mother. Correct. She's down in Los Angeles. Right. Um, but there may be speculation there was some other reasonings behind his decision?
1: Well, his mother's health is is, is ailing. Yes. And this was going to be a tough, tough re-election campaign. So for Gascon, he's got to still run the office of district attorney. Mm-hmm. He's got to now care for his mother, who has some dementia and some, some really unfortunate health issues mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. seem to be deeply troubling Gascon mm-hmm. every time I've talked to him mm-hmm. about it. And then he's facing a really formidable candidate in Susie Loftus, who's the first one to announce her campaign, the first Mm -hmm. real tough challenger. And what it looked like was going to be a a long and hard fought election Um, wasn't really, he wasn't really going to be able to cut it and do all three of those things.
0: Right. He's never really been a politician and didn't ever seem to want to be, Right, he was especially a- on the campaign side.
1: Right. He was appointed to, I mean, he came up through the ranks in the LAPD. He got, became chief in Mesa, Arizona, and he was appointed to all his positions previously. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a lot of work and a whole team around him to focus on that. And, you know, he, I, I, I haven't talked to him. He hasn't told me this, but you got to start doing the calculation, I would imagine, on what are my chances of, of winning here and would losing this election ultimately be worse for my political aspirations in the future? I don't know if that's what it is thinking, mm-hmm. but you have to wonder.
0: He did bow out very shortly after Susie Loftus announced her decision to officially get in, so the timing was notable. Well, that's right. <laughs> so I thought we could go down the list of everybody who's in the race so far. There could be more because the filing deadline isn't till August, that's but great. we have five serious contenders in the race so far
1: right we've got a really a, w- what is a totally wide open uh, election F- five serious contenders but nobody specifically has s- real name recognition outside of the circles that that we follow mm-hmm. I mean um, none of them are in elected positions they're all relatively unknown Susie Loftus. We know as being the head of the police commission, but it's unclear how many voters are really going to be familiar with her background in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm. So right now she is working in the sheriff's department as a lawyer there, and she has major endorsements already from Mayor London Breed. She um, is very tight with a uh, U.S. senator and, as of today, presidential candidate Kamala Harris, so wouldn't be surprised to see an endorsement from her.
1: Well, she has uh, an endorsement from oh, Kamala does. Harris okay. and from Diane Feinstein uh-huh. and David Chu, and she's even uh, amassed quite a few Uh, progressive um, endorsements. Actually, last week she announced that Raphael Mandelman, Mm -hmm. a new uh, progressive member of the Board of Supervisors, was uh, supporting her and endorsing her. So she really has the majority of major endorsements on the local and state level.
0: Right. And then um, somebody who'd gotten into the race even before she did was uh, Leif. Help me pronounce his last name. (laughs) Leif Dodge. Dodge, okay.
1: Right. And Leif is a... um, He's an assistant supervisor of a team of attorneys at the Attorney General's office. Mm -hmm. So he uh, heads a team of prosecutors on the state level and really what they do is they step in um, to prosecute cases in counties around uh, California whenever there's a conflict with a local DA's office. So for example, in Contra Costa County when their uh, DA was prosecuted for illegally using campaign funds, obviously their office can't prosecute themselves. So that's a situation where the uh, attorney general's office would step in. Mm -hmm. And he has an endorsement of Fiona Ma, the California state treasurer. Mm -hmm. He's sort of positioning himself as somebody who's going to outwork everybody. He's 33 years old, so he's very young, but he's already got quite a bunch of uh, accomplishments under his belt. He went to Yale, he went to Harvard Law. He grew up in California, the son of Organic Farmers in Mm -hmm. Santa Barbara County. So he'll he'll be, for sure, an interesting person to watch, and we'll see what kind of a ground-level campaign he really mounts.
0: Yeah, I've seen him all over the place. He's really out there campaigning hard and trying to get to know everybody and introduce himself, and I think he's one to watch also. And then you recently broke the news that there's a progressive in the race, Chesa Bodine, and he has an interesting backstory.
1: Chase has a very compelling backstory. He's the son of two parents who were um incarcerated for taking part acting as getaway drivers in an armored car robbery in upstate New York in 1981. And they were members of the famously radical Weather Underground. And he, he was only 14 months old when this crime happened. So as long as he can remember, he's been going in and out of maximum security prison. They're prisons. still in prison? His mother was released in 2003, I believe. Mm-hmm. She was granted parole. She's gone on to um, become a professor at Columbia University doing work in the criminal justice field. And he's using his background to say that, look, I'm— the only one in this race that really knows the effects of the criminal justice system. He's since become an attorney with the public defender's office. Mm -hmm. He's instrumental in the Humphrey decision, which essentially upended the state's cash bail system that many people saw as inequitable towards people of color and the poor, keeping people who can't afford bail in jail while richer people uh, could get out. So he's a Pretty brilliant legal mind. Uh, The question is: Are voters ready to have somebody whose background is as a public defender um, acting as the chief prosecutor for the city?
0: Yeah. How do you see that playing out? Since I feel like a lot of San Francisco voters are frustrated by um, how lax the criminal justice system is already.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, Chesa would probably be the first to say that what we're doing right now isn't working, Mm -hmm. and um is the is the question do we need more enforcement i mean we have take auto burglaries for example uh 1.6% of cases result in arrest mm-hmm. uh of that even a smaller number result in actual punishment and prison time um the case you wrote about um uh, Deshaun Patton was really one of the only notable people to be sentenced to any state prison time. I think he was uh, charged or indicted on about eleven counts. Mm-hmm. So you have somebody who you, you have 11, 11 um, auto burglaries that uh, out of thirty one thousand in two thousand. Seventeen. Yeah. So he's going to say what we're doing right now isn't working. And if we prosecute, you know, somebody else or a handful of other people, wh- what, that's not likely going to work either. So mm-hmm. how do we end the cycle? How do we s- stop people from breaking in, into cars in the first place? W- why is it that this is going on to begin with? And how do we address the structural issues that are really precipitating this crime?
0: Right. And then there's two more candidates who are probably um, definitely far more to the right than Chase Bodine and with maybe Susie and Leaf in the middle. So we've got Nancy Tung. She is a prosecutor in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, and she's also a board member of Stop Crime SF, which is a group of residents mostly on the west side of the city who um, are really sick of property crime and send um, participants to go to court trials of uh, property crime cases to let ju- judges know that they're watching and that residents care about this. So, <laughs> Right. And yes. and
1: when people like Escon get criticized or chase a for that reason um, of not having ever prosecuted any cases, Nancy's running on a platform that she's a career prosecutor. She worked in the AG's office. She worked in the SFDA's office. She's now working in the Alameda County district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. And she's saying that things like drug Property of property crimes, quality of life crimes, drugs in the tenderloin. These are things that affect people's daily lives. Mm-hmm. And if you get your car broken into, it may be a you know difference between affording diapers for your kids or getting your window fixed, and mm-hmm. and that's not tolerable. Mm-hmm. That's not something we should sit back and tolerate in San Francisco. And she's really one of the only people who has a strong background in actually prosecuting these kind of cases.
0: Yeah. I interviewed her recently for a column item and she made a good point. I thought that, um, San Franciscans are so liberal, and we say we care about the poor, and yet these crimes are mostly affecting the poor. Like you say, a broken car window is devastating for a single mom or an undocumented person, you know, struggling to get by. And yet we haven't done anything much about that. Same with drugs in the Tenderloin—that they're affecting homeless people and preying on addicts—and yet liberal San Francisco doesn't <laughs> really do anything about it. So yeah. I think she'll be interesting to watch. In Absolutely. The race. Then we have. Um, You've got to have an Alioto in yeah, the Yeah, Joe Alioto
1: Veronese. And he's, you know, run for a lot of offices over time. He uh, w- was actually the first one to throw his hat in the ring uh, almost a year ago. He's now uh, sitting on the fire commission. Um, he's a former police commissioner. He's a sworn DA investigator. Um, spent 20 years as, as a civil rights attorney. Um, says he wants to, you know, be have strong criminal justice in San Francisco, but also touts his progressive values as, as being a, you know, daughter of Angela, sorry, son (laughs) of Angela Alioto, and, um, grandson of uh, a former mayor. Um, one thing is, he he doesn't hasn't really amassed the infrastructure like some of the other candidates have. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a website yet. He doesn't have uh, somebody running his campaign. How
0: serious is he? Because he got in a while ago and hasn't really done anything since.
1: Right, and looking at some of the uh, numbers as far as fundraising goes, we'll see at the end of this month what mm-hmm. people have really raised. But so far, um, as of as of July, I believe he's raised about two thousand um, dollars now if you look at somebody like Leaf Dodge, he just put out a press release last week saying that he's raised $131,000 so far. So yeah. he appears to be uh, have a little bit um, mm-hmm. more of a significant fundraising.
0: I think Joe Alioto Veronese's biggest headlines recently were going on the Tucker Carlson show on Fox News, which was a bit of a surprise.
1: All right. And uh, unfortunately, anybody that typically goes on that show doesn't end up looking <laughs> so good.
0: Not usually elected in San Francisco. <laughs>
1: no.
0: So those are the candidates. Um, what would you say are the biggest issues voters are going to be caring about as we start deciding who we want to vote for? And this is another ranked choice election. Right? Yes, yeah, it's, so. it's
1: another ranked choice election. So I think n- not only do we have f- five candidates who are, as I said, relatively unknown, really anything can happen as we know in a ranked choice system. And I think we should start seeing some allegiances being developed, maybe, Mm -hmm. and um, really see how this thing starts shaping up. But look, all of the candidates are talking about the same thing to Mm -hmm. varying degrees. They're all talking about criminal justice reform. They're all talking about dealing with mass incarceration and recidivism, restorative justice. And they all understand that San Franciscans are sick of auto burglaries, want police accountability, want fairness and equity in the justice system. So it's really going to come down to how how well they can convince people that they're able to tackle these mm-hmm. these major issues. And what also remains to be seen is how mobilized voter voters going to be. In the last election was a mayoral election and it was really seen as you know a referendum on the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Is it is a municipal election, an off-year election in San Francisco where the DA's race Um, It's going to be the major, major election on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Is that going to invigorate voters to the same level that the mayoral election would? And people that I've talked to that study this thing, these kind of elections say that typically in off year elections where voters aren't very invigorated, that's where the endorsements start to really, really come in. Mm -hmm. And Susie may have a really big advantage as far as that goes, because if you have an electorate that's not paying super close attention to all the nuances between the candidates, you're going to see London Breed and Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. and um, oh, David Chu and and all these major politicians yeah. who they know and endorsements
0: the, kind of become a shorthand for uh, who to vote for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of what San Francisco voters want are kind of contradictory. Like we don't want as much property crime or open drug dealing, open drug use feel like the criminal justice isn't doing enough about any of those issues. But on the other hand, we don't want very many people in jail. We want um, more equitable and uh, results in the criminal justice system. So how do you kind of balance all of that? And how will these candidates come at these issues and not sound like they're totally hypocritical?
1: <laughs> well, that's going to be the challenge going forward, because they're all saying the same thing. But you can't say you want police accountability, but also court the police department and, you know, get an endorsement from the Police Officers Association. Mm-hmm. So far, only two um, candidates, Nancy Tung and Leaf Dodge, have even spoken with the POA mm-hmm. about an That's endorsement. And they've
0: kind of become toxic and hardly any of the mayor candidates wanted their endorsement either last year. Definitely.
1: And politicians aren't seeking a, a police union endorsement. But a DA's office has to work closely with officers every day in investigations and prosecutions and building cases. This is you would think would go firsthand. uh, One of the most important endorsements you would need as a district attorney. That being said, a lot of people are frustrated about some of these decisions that um, George Gascon has made when it comes to officer use of force, Mm -hmm. particularly in the deadly shooting of Mario Woods. Mm -hmm. So... um, how do, you, how do you balance that is something that any district attorney is going to have a challenge with. Um, it may be easier to sort of play both sides in the election, but it's going to be a major challenge. And also, what's going to happen in the next 10 months in San Francisco that could be a game changer? Is there going to be another major police shooting? Is Are we going to have issues around housing that continue the way they are. Is the auto burglary epidemic going to get worse or is it going to get better? Is quality of life issues going to improve or are they going to continue to deteriorate? These are the things that ultimately may shape what we're talking about for the next nine and a half months.
0: Right. Well, on that note, I think it'll be an interesting year and we'll see what happens in November. <laughs>
1: it's, it'll be an exciting election. I think.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks to Evan Cernofsky for being my guest today and to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. See you next time. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.